3: Hello and welcome to What A Load Of Cobblers, The Debrief, a conversation on Northampton Town 4, Portsmouth FC 1. Never thought I'd say that. I'm Toreed and today I'm joined by Wallet regulars Martin Maloney and James Averill, Cobblers fans Ian Townsend and Stephen Tomlin. And from the Pompey end, Andy Mitchell-Moore from the PO4 podcast. Andy, we'll go to you first. Safe to say that result didn't go down very well on the South Coast.
0: Yeah, well, I was a bit worried because I know that on the pod, on the preview, I gave you a bit of like hope about, you know, we're not really playing well, there's a good chance you'll get a result. And I was a bit worried in a weird way that if suddenly we kicked into gear, you'd think it was, I'd been the sort of the standard top few teams attitude in League One, you know, first world problems. (laughs) But it's quite nice that I can sit here and say, look, we actually are that bad at the moment. And I wasn't lying to you beforehand and I wasn't exaggerating, but yeah, it was dismal, wasn't it? I mean, you could have been five or six up at the break and mm. there's not a single Pompey fan out there that doesn't think you deserve to win by three or four clear goals. No one is delusional and yeah, it was, it was pretty poor. It was uh, We sort of sat down to watch it on our Zoom call on the first half and um, and just sort of looked to settle into the game a little bit, put our feet up, have a chat and before we'd really got the small talk out of the way, we were 4-0 down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm laughing about it but I'm sure you can imagine that yeah below the scenes there's there's quite a lot of uh, negative emotion around the club and the, the social media side of things is interesting at the moment I don't really post football stuff on my twitter too often but reading other people's responses it's it's we started off on uh, before the game on a pretty low ebb and this has got to be arguably a new low I think for, for mm-hmm. fans feeling around the club Mm. it was
3: interesting that um it's interesting a couple of you know levels really firstly what the cobblers have, aren't really that prolific or haven't been that season we actually were the league's lowest scorers for quite a long time before John Brady took charge so for us to score four is pretty novel really and you know secondary I've, I was reading some of the social media stuff for P- Portsmouth and Kenny Jacket is pretty beleaguered so it's, it's bound to happen but his post-match interview drew a bit of criticism is that correct
0: yeah he's he doesn't use strong emotive words in his in his interviews ever and as I said before we started recording the fact that we've we've gone from Paul Cook as a previous manager who's just a polar opposite to Kenny Jackett who's very middle of the road and both approaches have got benefits and pitfalls but you know Kenny got asked are you angry and he said, I'm, um, no, he said, I think he said he was disappointed. And then he got asked, you know, are you the man to turn this around? And he comes up with the same answers. That's the issue. I know it's a very football manager thing, but yeah. you, as a football manager, you shouldn't have to say that we're going to really work hard to not be 4-0 down before halftime. You know, we've got to really work hard to not put ourselves in a position where we're 4-0 down at half time. Mm. And you're thinking, you know, this is the third best league in England. <laughs> should, uh, should that sort of managerial comment really be necessary? But, I I don't think there's anything he could have said yesterday that would have appeased anyone based on the last few performances. But I do think he's a bit, you know, he makes life hard for himself with the attitude he comes into these uh, interviews with. I mean, yeah, even our own journalists are saying that it was one of the worst, if not the worst half of football they can remember seeing in the last 20-ish years. And if you Mm -hmm. think about some of the halves of football we saw over the last 20 years while we were getting relegated every season, there's some good company there, so yeah, that for them to be ranking it that highly is uh, quite a damning indictment. But yeah. I think generally we're not trying to take away anything from the Northampton performance because you looked like such a better, like just a better side. Which is interesting considering the league table, And as you say, how you don't normally threaten with um with goal scoring. But there's there's no one saying it wasn't deserved. That's the thing. It was it was if you watched that game and you said one of these teams is around the playoffs, one of them is fighting relegation. It's, it's, you know, you wouldn't think the team in white was the one that was fighting for promotion, would you?
3: Mm, that's a really big compliment to Northampton, actually. So how do you balance out your understanding of that game yesterday? Do you think it was Pompey were just that bad or Northampton were pretty good or a bit of both?
0: I think it'll be a mix between the two. The first goal was a bit of quality. I think you've got to say that free kick is, it's a very good free kick. you You can't put any blame on the keeper. I don't think he's ever getting across to that um I actually laughed when the free kick was given because it was such like a league one tackle that gave it away and I said to Hugh I was on the call with you know that's actually a really funny free kick to give away but I won't be laughing if they hit it top corner and then yeah hit it top bin so that was excellent but I think that first goal was quality but then the other goals you've got to look at defensively they're just not good and I, I did say to you that individual mistakes are not just creeping in they are very much crept in and are stuck there now in the side and one of the headers at the far post, one of our centre-backs has got to do far better there when supposedly his primary at- attribute is being good in the air, Sean Raggett, and he just gets climbed on and the ball gets nodded in at the far post. He's That's yeah. meant to be his bread and butter because he's not pacey, as was shown up by one of the other goals. So, I mean, if he's not winning those balls in the air and he's not winning foot races, then you have to ask what he's really contributing as a centre-back because you know, those are the two primary skill sets you look for. Yeah. Um, I think it is a combination of the two. We just didn't turn up. The players, as soon as they go a goal down, again, I said to you before the game that we we haven't won a game for almost two years we've gone one goal down in. And that <laughs> says a lot about the spirit, uh, sorry, in, in the league at least. I think that says a lot about the spirit of the team and you could see heads drop immediately. The signs are there and there's a lot going on behind the scenes in terms of player contracts and some more has actually come out since we last spoke. There's a bit more in the public domain that we yeah. were kind of aware of, but couldn't really speak about, to do with players being asked to take maybe a thirty percent pay cut in their next contract. That even though the salary cap's gone, this, right. that, and the other, and that stuff does have an effect behind the scenes. Yeah, and yeah. you can see. What, I think so I'm, uh, I'm talking a lot here. Sorry, yeah.
3: No, it's okay. It's okay. From our perspective, it was obviously a bit of a masterclass from wayne Watson, and he, he's the. The way he's performing at the moment, you'd expect him to be playing for a Pompey or someone like that, because everything he touched sort of turns to goals without using a terrible cliche. Uh, I'll bring James here at that point. I've actually said tongue in cheek a few weeks ago that Watson should just be playing up front because he's our best finisher, and James has also been saying he's you know he's obviously the most potent forward player we've got. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to sort of take your hat-, hat off and say that Watson was the game changer there, wasn't he, James?
4: Yes, but before talking about Ryan Watson, uh, Tom, I thought we should mark that um, Sunday 22nd of November was uh, not just International Cranberry Day, um, (laughs) but it was the the last time we actually managed to talk about a cobbler's victory (laughs) on this Sunday podcast. Yeah. November. It's been mad, hasn't it? Um, Yeah, long overdue, a Saturday win, and Ryan Watson's form has played a, a massive part in that. Uh, yeah he'd looked the biggest threat for a few games uh, before kind of really getting the the goal return that he's had but the the move to get him further up the pitch in and around Ryan Edmonton has absolutely proved um, dividends and uh, I think it's the best scoring return for him in his career he's clearly a man on fire he's turned into prime Messi in the last uh, couple of weeks I mean that the first goal was such a well struck free kick kind of reminiscent of some previous free kick masters we've had you know the likes of matt grimes martin smith etc it was such a well-struck free kick and yeah god you can tell how happy i am considering where last saturday it was pretty much i resigned myself mentally to to going down and just after all these years you think you've had you've got this club figured out and then they find a a new way to surprise you all over again exactly
3: exactly so it's a very nice surprise and i looked at uh, Ryan Watson's Wikipedia entry, and now he's been changed by someone to Ryan Zidane Cruyff Javi Watson. So, Martin, <laughs> I think that's accurate, isn't it, at the moment, Martin?
1: Uh, yeah, um, I think he's probably more than anybody um, under Brady Heath. Well, probably him and Horseful are the most transformed players. Um, but, you know, I, I remember saying when we signed uh, Morris that. You know, it's another sort of up and down midfielder that I tended to see Watson, and I know you you differed with me on this, Tom, as just another one, you know, a midfielder with a good engine, but I'm seeing a whole different side to him now. And I think you know, play playing behind, you know, as almost as a 10, it seems to be getting the most out of him. And I mean I said to I was sat watching it with, with Jenny we have other half, who's a Macham, so obviously she was cheering us on as, as well. Um and when Watson was over that free kick, I said, oh, he doesn't normally take free kicks, but he can't stop scoring. And then, you know, put that absolute world in and he's, he's just on fire. And then, you know, he probably wasn't going to get a chance for hat-trick because we are a little short of midfielders. So he had to drop when we were making changes. He had to kind of drop back deeper. But, yeah, it, it's it's a joy to watch the Cobblers under Brady. Yeah. And I think Watson, more than anyone, probably shows what, what's so that- changed in the mm. in all- from the, the attitude out there.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's another good summary, Martin. Um, Stephen, we've talked a little bit in the past about strikers for Northampton and the movement, and it just seems, even though Watson isn't, you know, a natural out-and-out striker, or, you know, he's, good, he's very potent, but he's not, a, you know, an orthodox striker. Do, Stephen, do you reckon that uh, Watson is just providing that movement and ability to sort of finish his own chances that we've needed?
2: Well, he certainly is, isn't he? I mean, what is it six in five? Yeah. Um, can't can't get much more prolific than that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the goal on go back to Tuesday. The goal he was just jogging on the spot, were not he, for that that Kiyosa header back into him, and it was just perfect. It was it was just in the right place at the right time, and that's what you want your strikers to do. Yeah. Um, and we just haven't had that all season. Don't get me wrong. Edmondson's worked hard. Rose has worked hard. But yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a it's been a inspirational move uh, really from uh, from the manager, hasn't it?
3: So yeah, good. Yeah, and I think that's right. We talked a little, little in previous weeks about just that natural instinct to score, and sometimes it's just innate in people. You can't really train it that much, and I think that Watson shown he has got it. Edmondson is, I would doubt at the moment he does. Possessor. he possesses loads of other qualities which you know are really useful but yeah it's just that killer instinct that a forward player needs and I like that in Watson um Ian the result was huge yesterday obviously 4-1 win um we did tend to drop deep and there were some slight comparisons with the Carl football we did play it long a little bit like what do you think the difference is between Brady and Carl in you know Brady producing that sort of win
5: I think, uh, I think now, I think the players actually understand what the manager's talking about because before I don't think they understood what Curl was talking about at all with his fundamentals and his jigsaws. I think Brady's a straight talking bloke, you can see from his interviews, um, and that's made a massive difference. They know their roles, they're sticking to their roles. Whereas before, Keith Curl. By the way, if um, Portsmouth need a new manager, we can recommend Keith Curl to them if that's something they're looking at. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, he's he's done a terrific job in just such a short space of time, and I know there was a lot of fans writing him off, but you, you can see from the passion, and and if he's he's still in that passion from himself into the players, and yeah. you know that uh, the likes of Rico and Samo have got equally as much passion, whereas it didn't look that same with Carl. It just looks a totally different, totally different ship full of players now.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's just listening to the post-match teams or uh, post-match interviews of both managers, Kerr and Brady, Keith Kerr, from me. And some people noticed it. Some people didn't comment it or whatever. he just seemed to talk on what you call stream of consciousness. So he would do one sentence, which would last about 10 minutes and he'd come up with the jigsaws and the fundamentals and stuff, but he didn't really say anything in that time apart from just trying to keep Radio Northampton interview off of him but with John Brady he just seems to be intelligent and quite clear mm-hmm. sort of clarity and stuff which fans can buy into I think and his tactical ch- changes and stuff seem pretty sort of straightforward and sometimes you need that for fans to start buying into it and I think fans are buying into him um, obviously we don't know if he's going to stay forever in the job if he wants a job full-time but for now it's looking pretty promising um and are you still there mate
0: yeah i am yeah we've just had a news article come out pretty much confirming that jacket's staying till the end of the season so uh oh. having a read on that one good timing.
1: you you have our
3: sympathies based on yesterday
0: thank you yeah. imagine having to watch that for another what is it 12 games or something good grief
3: is that the old dreaded boat of confidence do you reckon or
0: it is. It's it's reporting informal discussions behind the scenes after a dark chapter. That's the phrasing, but they're they're adopting direct quote siege mentality, which is just what you want to hear in terms of them shutting out everyone outside of the boardroom. It's what you like to hear as fans, isn't it? That the club's got siege mentality and don't care what anyone thinks. It's excellent. I just love
3: that we're part of your dark chapter. That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm I'm really so I'm genuinely quite pleased that it's giving you such a pleasant weekend. It sounds like you've had a rough time of it. So uh, Seeing or hearing so many happy voices is, yeah, taking the edge off slightly from my absolute misery at my own weekend, to be fair.
1: It just shows don't how... I hear them you know. too often on this particular podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, like you, the, the thing you just said about, about um, not having a Sunday winning pod since November, I feel quite honoured to be here, really. Yeah. Uh, the circumstances aren't great, but... <laughs>
3: Pompey are a big name. So this is what happens, you know, when you're, when you're a big name, it's just testament to what size club are. When Northampton get a scalp like that, we sort of revel in it a little bit. But I think it's interesting as a general football fan to see that uh, Kenny Jackett's been given that sort of vote of competence. That can either go two ways, can't it, in football? Sometimes it's just sort of the last act before they eventually get fired, or it could mm. be. That they're just saying, what can we do now do you know, before the end of the season, can we really fire someone who? What what place are you in the league at the moment, Andy? I
0: think we I want to say sixth. I think we dropped down to the bottom of the playoff places, but teams below us have got games in hand, so I think we dropped to eighth if yeah. teams below win their games in hand.
3: So, Jacket could say, look, I know things aren't going exactly how we want, but I with a couple of wins, I can get you back into that playoff. Yeah, but position. where where
0: are those wins coming from? We've got Sunderland and Ipswich coming up, and. We've recently dropped points against you, Bristol Rovers, Doncaster. So, I mean, you'd, you'd single out, again, not not in any offensive way, but in terms of form, you'd say that we should have picked up points on paper against both yeah. you and Bristol Rovers, and we haven't. So, you know, where are those points mm-hmm. coming from? Against the Sunderland team on the up, an Ipswich team, we've got Paul Cook, who's going to want to prove a point. But, I mean, this isn't a podcast about Pompey, so I don't want to just deal with
5: that. If I could just butt in, Andy. Uh, we were supposed to get results against uh, the likes mm. of um, Swindon, Burton, Wigan and then we get them against Plymouth and yourself so
0: <laughs> football is yeah. too much chart. Yeah it's a fair point very fair point uh, I think yeah as you say I can't see the wood for the trees right now probably I'm not seeing the big picture or seeing things quite as objectively as I normally would do having sat through that 90 minutes of what essentially yeah. turned into <laughs> it felt like mental abuse at one point so uh but you know you, you keep your chin up because
3: obviously a big club at this level if you, they do make the change at whatever point there'll be loads of good managers after that job so things will will turn out alright. it's just we, we were there a few weeks ago with Keith Carl and a lot of fans were getting completely turned off by it but it can turn around quite quickly so fingers crossed for you guys um I'm gonna have to go over the goals now mate Andy sorry
0: <laughs> oh god I'm gonna just mute you for the next five minutes or so. <laughs> yeah
3: fair enough buddy no no worries um uh, I think James has talked a little bit about the goal, We've, or we talked a little bit about the goal. I'll bring um, I'll bring you in, Steve, on the the free kick for um, Ryan Watson on 20 minutes. No, one, no one was expecting it really, but also you know conversely we wouldn't you know rule out that he could do something like that. But just brilliant technique, wasn't it, Steve, from um, Watson for
2: that free kick? Yeah, I mean it certainly was. It was it was a fantastic strike. Um, going back to what sort of Martin said earlier, I've, I've never seen Watson take a free kick. Where's it come from? Mm. You know, you think Mills was there. He, he would take it. I know we've had sort of the likes of Nicky Adams, uh, take free kicks, mo- most of the free kicks this season when he's played. Um, you know, you know, where has that come from? It, it really was a, a, a terrific free kick. Um, oh, a big shout for, for goal of the season. It's that that, that old roses overhead kick, isn't it for me at the minute? um, yeah, I mean, how many more superlatives do we have to say about it? Um, it really was, it really was, yeah, like you say, t- great technique. And um, no one's saving that, no one.
3: Yeah, he resembled so many different players during that game. So he was like Xavi, he was Idiesta, he was Thierry Henry with that sort of technique on the ball. Just absolutely brilliant. And James, I'll bring you here for the second one. Um you know, from a Pompey perspective, probably poor defending for Watson's header, and um, I think it was a corner from Miller. Yeah. Um, James, <laughs> crazy to think that Ryan Watson wasn't really in, you know, a first choice particularly for um, Keith Cole.
4: Um, yeah, I think he's he's probably played more games than he's he's, he's been left out. Um, under Carl, but I I think he was probably only really seen as as a midfield enforcer type Mm. it's only really and in in fairness in the last couple of games under Keith I think it was Fleetwood away where he came on um, and it it clearly looked like um, you know we we were in that midst of not scoring goals and it clearly looked like Keith just went go on son go on and try and get us a goal and he looked like a man possessed trying to get a goal in that Fleetwood away game I think that's where the kind of that form started where we we kind of realized that we had a a player who who can impact things going forward when perhaps other players weren't doing that at at that time. So I think it stems from, from that decision by Keith in in fairness to bring him on in that position, but under Brady's um, he's really reached new levels Uh, and for, for, for a little while we had that run within where McWilliams was man of the match every week. And we're kind of currently in the, in the Ryan Watson phase, but you know, the the second goal, um, going back to that, it's just so nice to actually see some targeted deliveries from corners. Yeah. Um, you you would think under a Keith Curl side, especially given how we played last year, that set pieces would have been one of our massive strengths this year, but we looked pretty hopeless at them throughout the whole season. I could barely remember us winning any headers, kind of attacking them. And we clearly identified in this game, um, to, to target the the far post because that's where Mikel Miller's every single corner pretty much went to that far post. Yeah. So we clearly identified that that was an er- area where we could get a lot of joy. And we did create a lot of chances for it. We got two goals out of it. We had the Ryan Watson, uh, sorry, the Ryan Edmondson um, kind of not overhead kick, but he kind of flicked it over himself. And he said, so we, we we created a lot of chances and they were really good deliveries. And it was very clear that there was a plan and fans yeah. can get on board If what they're seeing on the pitch, you can see the end goal. It might not necessarily end in a goal, but you can see what they're trying to achieve. And that's been the big difference, I think, in the performances under Brady compared to the majority under Keith this season. Mm. You can see what the plan is. You can see what they're trying to do. And it makes it a hell of a lot easier to get on board with it when you do. Yeah. And probably coupled with people like Watson just having
3: a lot more creative freedom up front. Mm -hmm. And his movement was key to knocking that header in and sometimes when you have a player like that playing with confidence they will find that extra bit of movement or they will go for a ball that perhaps they wouldn't have done under Keith Cole for fear of being shouted at for not tracking back mm. so it's um, you know it was good to see that that second goal too um, the third goal came on 32 minutes uh, I'll bring Ian in on this one um, came via Fraser Horsfall who is becoming dare I say it prolific <laughs> another corner from Miller with the keeper under pressure from Watson, slightly dubiously, some might say, but Horsfall was there to knock it in at the back stick. Um, Ian, Horsfall seems to be a player, quite simply, playing better under Brady's system than Carl's.
5: Yeah, um, I think he's, he's forming a good partnership with uh, Jones at the back. Um, I remember something early on in, in um in Brady's, one of his post-match interviews, saying about how players talk to each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether... Kyan Bolger, who seems to have disappeared from the scene, picked up a strange injury. Um, and whether he was the one as captain, wasn't talking to them properly. And now uh, Jones is uh, alongside Horseful. He seems, to, it, it's a, well, he's a revelation. He really looked like a conference player to me earlier in the season. But now he he looks, well, he, he looks a totally different player. And that, mm. put that down to Brady and, and Brady's man management, I would imagine.
3: Yeah, and also maybe a tendency not quite to lump it quite so long, maybe a bit more confidence from Brady on the ball just to do what he needs to do. And he's maybe another confidence player who just needs an arm around him. So Brady might be doing that off the pitch. We don't know, but it's nice to see him scoring. And he did take quite a lot of stick horse so the best way to shut everyone up, including myself, is just to perform well, score guys like that, and you know, long may it continue with him. Um, Martin... The Hoskins go on 43 minutes. Cobblers fans are in dreamland by this point. 4-0, you know, to go on to 4-0 at half-time. Um, Hoskins, yeah, divides opinion quite rightly, I think, because he's sort of, one week he could just be anonymous, other weeks he can produce some really good goals. And um, you can't really say if he's a good natural finisher or not because he's just so sort of inconsistent on that level. But, you know, yesterday, lobbed the keeper from the corner of the box and... Edmondson's trying to claim it. People are trying to give it to Edmondson. Martin, but, you know, as a football fan, surely Hoskins has to take that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Hos- it's, it's Hoskins' goal for me. I mean, Edmondson doing the right thing, following for it in. But I think it's it's, go- it's clearly go- going in anyway. Although, a goal would do Edmondson the power of good. Because I think he's doing an awful lot of really good stuff. But he's yeah. just, you know, he's just not, not got a goal yet. But I think... The goal it's I mean there'd been one I thought the the Portsmouth keeper was was very poor, if I'm honest. He, um mm. they clearly targeted him from corners and he had a couple of like wonders where I think there was one where Hoskins had one headed away that I think he'd yeah. he totally miss hit and wasn't going to go in where the keeper had gone walkabouts. And then for it to happen again is you know, there's there's clearly some bad things go, going on at the back there. So it was mm-hmm. a. I I thought it was a really really calm chip from Hoskins. We know that his finishing's a bit patchy. If his finishing was better, he's he's probably not not playing all these seasons at Northampton. He's playing at a higher level. Yeah. But um, yeah, as you say, it was it was dreamland. It was like, you know, 3-0, four. I looked at a couple of like text messages. It's like I think the colleague from work, it, it sort of texted me like four-nil, question mark, question mark. And I've, he's a an Ox County fan. <laughs> just thinking, I said, I'm still nervous because. You know, it's <clears throat> Brady talks about game management on um, on Tuesday night. And I think he was, he was spot. And, and again, I think in the previous, the, pre, the draw of the previous weekend's Rochdale, you know, we di- OK, we didn't win, but we, you know, we didn't lose it. And we, we didn't, you know, we, we managed the game well. And I think that's start, I'm starting to feel a lot better about that, that if we get ourselves into a position that we want to be in, you know, whether it's, you know, winning by four winning by two or or you know holding on for a draw you know n- or not losing it a place like Ipswich went home to Rochdale we seem to have the now even though the players are broadly the same with the exception I think Ian makes a good point about Kian, Kian Bolger just <laughs> seems an awful lot better without everyone seems better without him in the side unfortunately it just doesn't seem to be a, a good fit um but yeah we seem to have that that bit of bit of now and if I because, I mean, Curl's got a bit of a slate in uh, from all of us uh, because things were, were terrible. But the draft, if it hadn't been for that summer transfer window where we bought, we did not do very well at all, January, you know, some people say, well, maybe we should have got Brady in before. But you look at the players that came in. Jones for nothing, who'd been around the club for ages. Kyoso, Edmondson, uh, Miller... And uh, Sheehan, it's like, you know, God, why couldn't he have done that in the, in, in the summer? And we'd probably never have got to where, where we did. So it, it feels like, you know, we've Brady's inherited a bunch of players whose confidence is down. But actually, it's not. We A lot of us were saying, and we had so many of these Sunday podcasts after terrible defeats, that, you know, you get Alex Ferguson and you're probably not going to get much out of this slot. It needs wholesale change. And now we're looking at it thinking, well, yeah. You know, I'm not sure the contract situation with most most of these players, but if we manage to stay up, and it's still a massive if with the size we've got left to play, then you're not thinking, right, this needs, um, we need, you know, we need every, we need, you know, wholesale change to be good enough at this level. It's probably, you know, there's some fairly good players in there. And that's uh, not something I thought I'd hear myself say.
3: True. Quite a few of them are low knees though, so there's no guarantee they'll be with us next season. So no. it's a bit of a one. But with Keith Culk, you know, Keith Culk might have brought the players in, but if you can't get a tune out of them yourself. No. No. Stuff, I, I could have a Stradivarius violin, but if I can't play it, you know, it just goes in the draw, doesn't it? Steve, <laughs> uh, would you give that goal to Hoskins? It's a bit, it seems a bit like, you know, challenge not to give it to him because it's, it's his technique, although Edmondson needs a goal, I just think, you, have, you know, we've got
2: to give it to Hoskins, oh. sure, Steve.
0: Uh, yeah, no, it has
2: to be Oskin's goal. Uh, having said that, what Martin said is correct, um, and I think Brady played it quite clever. Actually, he said, "Oh, the ref gave it to um, Edmondson." I think that might then maybe give a little bit of confidence to Edmondson. He's been playing well, um, however, you know he does need that goal, and he actually deserved one yesterday. He did play. In, in fact, he, he probably his best game in a Claret shirt yesterday. Uh, but no, it was Hoskins' goal for me.
3: Yeah, and it's nice. Hoskins is another confidence player too, so it's nice for him if he got it, but I'd be equally happy with um, Edmondson having it too. Um, the We just have to talk about the one Pompey goal. They only scored one, thankfully. It, you know, it was a bit of a soft pen for me. I think Brady has tried to claim it wasn't a pen, but I've, one of those ones i seen him give him, James, just... Sorry, guys, has anyone seen
1: Ryan Edmondson's Twitter? <laughs>
2: What's that? I've just... VAR check, please. On, um... Yes, I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> I've just... Yeah. On Twitter, I've found that. Didn't he come over and sort of do the TV thing to, to Brady, I think, as well, when the goal's gone in? <laughs> do the VAR. Yeah.
1: It's great, isn't it, though, that the spirit's like that now? yeah. It's I find so it quite
3: funny that um, Sam Hoskins is becoming a bit of an oldest elder statesman in the like the dressing room, and just how he speaks, he's, he's very calm on that pitch. He's just like he, I don't know how actually old he is because he just seems like a Peter Pan character. He's probably about thirty-five, but uh, <laughs> he's just he's just really straight. Yeah, maybe because of his stature and stuff, he's just he is becoming a store of that. Of that, of that club. And, yeah, i I, I like to give it to skins, but we'll see what the uh, dubious goals panels or whatever give, gives it to. Um, James, just quickly on the um, goal for Portsmouth. you reckon it was a penalty? You've seen him give them,
4: don't you? A bit of slightly clumsy. It's one of those, on first viewing, I thought it was a penalty. On second viewing, he did go down very easily. I can't blame the referee for giving it. I do think the Pompey player may have conned them a little bit, though, um, with how easily he went down. Um, Mitchell nearly saved it as well. Um, I think he was going in the other direction, wasn't he? And then he just kind of managed to rearrange himself but couldn't quite get a a strong enough hand on him. So I thought it, it was a bit unlucky... Yeah. Uh, for him to to not keep it out. Um it was a shame. I thought I thought the performance warranted a clean sheet, to be honest. And uh in, in fairness, that the defensive side of things has come on leaps and bounds uh recently. Um and you know, you think back to earlier in the season when we were shipping goals left, right, and centre, other than MK Dons. The, recently, we, we've been keeping, you know, the goal levels down, and it's, it's actually seen our goal difference coupled with, you know, finally being able to bag at the other end. It's actually yeah. got the goal difference down a, a lot better because I was worried that we effectively needed a point more, even as recently as last week, um, because our goal difference was so poor in comparison yeah. to the teams around us. But actually now it's level, and in some cases a little bit better. So it's yeah. been a really it's, it's strange isn't it because i just keep thinking back to last week and how hopeless it all felt and then it shows you how, how quickly football can can change doesn't it um That's a good I, like point, i say yeah. I'd, I'd mentally resigned last week for us going down because yeah. as, as i mentioned at the time it was immaterial how we were playing we were just losing games it didn't matter if we played well we lost if we played boring we lost if we played rubbish we lost <laughs> um and The performances under Brady were very clearly, you know, heading in the right direction. And, you know, when you think about it, in each of the seven games we've had under him, we have arguably been the better side in every one. You can make maybe cases for we fell to pieces against Burton in the kind of like the last 20 minutes, etc. But for the majority of the games, we have been either the better side or certainly competitive. And that was not the case for much of this season where we just seemed to whimper to two nil defeats every week, it felt like. So, you know, it's been a massive turnaround, I think. And I'd written the players off as well. And in fairness, they've shown in the last week, I know it's only two games and it it could still pan out poorly for us. But the two games of this week have been very promising in terms of looking like a really organised and effective team which we yeah. looked a million miles away from being. Um, and we've cut out individual errors and we're scoring goals. And it's it's incredible what a difference mm-hmm. it makes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, hopefully we, we're now heading in the right direction. And as, as Brady said in his, his post-match interview, consistency is the key. And we've not been able to find any consistency at all this season. Is that our first back-to-back wins this yes. year? So yeah. There you go.
3: Wouldn't surprise me. and I, I, you're, you're exactly right. That's huge credit to... Ready to turn around. I think he's talked in uh, in those sort of terms, really, about trying to ch- turn things around, maybe like a juggernaut that was, you know, not in the juggernaut, but like a, something that you needed to turn around. And it takes time. And mm. he's done that and maybe put in a few more of Keith Cole's jigsaw pieces into place. But um, I was just going to read out some of the reader comments about the game yesterday because we invited some on NQ, NTFC, Twitter. Uh, Adam Barbie tweeted us to say it was a clinical first half whilst not doing a lot. Superb second half defensively. As I said Tuesday, that was all about nuts and guts again. Would have folded under that sort of pressure a month or so ago. Brady long term for me now. Seems reasonable. Uh, Aiden Boyer tweeted us to say I'd be surprised if Portsmouth were adding Ryan Watson to their shortlist after today. God forbid. Because I think Ryan Watson is actually out of contract at the end of the season which is great. And um, Paul Newkin tweeted us to say we look so much better in all the areas from the keeper to the front players, which is true. Martin Pell, top of the morning to everyone. Can't believe how well we have performed. Brady and Co. Outstanding. Coaching is beginning to show through after having to watch the awful Carl displays. It's magic to the eye. Keep it going, John Boy. Uh, Nathan NTFC tweeted us to say refreshing to see a team fighting for each other. And that is really true. I think the main thing is just trying to give fans something to buy into. And Keith Curl, oh, not Keith Curl, God, he's gone now. Uh, John Brady's post-match interviews are just, just. he talks about clarity and we are showing a bit more clarity on the pitch and we're showing clarity in his explanation of games. And that just gives Cobbler's fans something to buy into. Ian Atkins used to do that pretty well. Give, You know, not necessarily a, you know, siege mentality, but just something that fans can get behind. And I liked his post-match comments about the, Charlton game on Tuesday just saying like we're little old Northampton you know come and come and have a go at us basically so I thought that was pretty um sort of appraising the game looking at some of the stats I think James is right that we have to talk a little bit about how we can improve as well because it's not over at all we've won we've won a couple of games and uh the possession thing is always a bit of a, you know, it's a hot potato in Northampton. And looking at the stats, we were down to about 30%, which is really pretty low, you know, for controlling the ball. And I just felt that we, although we did, you know, we came and four-one, and we can't complain at all. I just think that we just still need to be able to look after the ball a little bit more and try and stop those, those dodgy and worrying moments, especially in the second half where they were then they were trying to score and they did score and. Martin, do you think that we still have some improvements to make on just trying to, you know, manage the ball a little bit better and just be a, a more complete performance to rise up to, to rise up the league a little bit? Um,
1: I think there's, you know, there's always there's always room for improvement. You know, it's never yeah. a, never a perfect performance because I mean, before the first goal, it was a fairly even game, and kind of after the fourth goal, it was kind of fairly even. But I think you know, you are up against you know, man for man, you're generally going to be up against better players when you're. Um, you're playing teams up up the top, your Pompeys, your your Sunderland's and what have you. Um, so I think conceding possession, I'm kind of fine with. I mean the stats here was it 30 to 70, which is um, fairly fairly extreme. But I think when you look at the saves, you know Mitchell's made a couple of routine saves and he's let a penalty in. Portsmouth were, they were they were toothless and I think there was a degree of right you can have the ball. You know we harried in the first half. We, there was that real high press. Which I think generated a lot of a lot of our chances. And I think second half, they probably expected Pompey to come at them a bit more and be a bit more direct. But they were sort of a lot there was a lot of like playing sideways and you know, not really looking or trying to trying to hurt the cobblers. And and I think yeah. that that came across in a couple of the, the comments I think I saw from Pompey fans. Um but I think you've got to be good at doing being effective when you have got the ball. The problem we had under curl was we didn't have much of the ball but when we had the ball and we got set pieces and things we were pretty rubbish Mm. um you know if you've if you're only going to have 30 to 40 percent of the ball against a lot of these good sides you need to be effective. you need to be winning it back with that that high press as we did and forcing errors and you need to be effective from set pieces and and, you know we did both of those so yeah, there's there's room to get better but I think it was an effective performance because we limited it. Yeah, they might have had a lot of possession, but I imagine possession in the final third was not an awful lot. You know, there were you know there were a few crosses came, a few couple of shots wide, but it was we ne- it never looked like they were rallying. I mean, we we've all been at games where I remember one at Burton eight or nine years ago where we were three nil down after about fifteen minutes, and we come back to three two, and it was you know you really got got behind them because they were, they were chasing the game it felt like we were up against a team that just didn't have much spirit. And you, yeah. we could let them have the ball because they weren't going to try and do anything different. And we were coping absolutely with what they do. And yeah. I think we look better organised as a, a four at the back. Players are less confused. And, you know, a couple of people have said about, about horseful, you know, he just looks a different a different player in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we can do better, but... I think we, we we managed that well, or we let them have the ball where they didn't hurt us.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's a well reasoned, well reasoned response. I just think that sometimes you do need to look after the ball a little better. When, even, when, even that, when that 30 70 stat come up,
1: you were the first per- in the game, you were the first person I thought of, Tom. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but that's a dangerous game against some of the better clubs in this division, and we are only, uh, you know.
1: You aren't going to be, win many of them four one with that, with those stats though. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. We're only still only a couple of you know one swallow doesn't make a, make a summer, but at the same time, when you beat someone four one, you know you can't complain at all really. Um, Stephen, a, a really really good win. Do you think that we can go into Tuesday's game against Charlton with confidence on the back of that?
2: But if you are not confident after that, when when will when, when will you be? Um, <laughs> And you got a man in form with Watson scoring goals left, right and centre. The defence looks pretty solid now. We've all mentioned Horsfield. I'll have to give another name out. Lloyd-Jones has been fantastic. Yes. He, he actually looks a proper leader compared to Bolger. Um, you can see him talking all the way through. Uh, and He just looks a proper player. Um, yeah, there's no reason why we can't go on. I mean, Charlton... They're a good side, especially I should imagine I wouldn't have to look at their statistics, but um, and you'd certainly... Yeah, like I said, if you're not confident now, when when will you be? I mean, this is the time to push on now. Um, Can I go back to the last question a little bit? Because um, the possession-wise, I actually thought Brady nailed it yesterday. Um, We hustled and harried all all for the first half and that got us 4-0 lead um, you know we've got plenty of games to come you can't you can't go like that for 90 minutes Yeah. you're 4-0 up you've got to sit back at, at times and I just like I say I think nailed, nailed it yesterday with, with the possession and really sort of um, letting them do what they want and, and it weren't a lot let's be honest um, or if we got to 4-2 yes we might have got the old panic stations back on a little bit but they didn't look like scoring again. And mm. the only time they did so, it, it was a penalty. And was it a penalty? Very dubious. Um, yeah, like I said, go back to the, the, the actual question. If we're not confident now, when when will we be? Yeah,
3: yeah. And like we said earlier on, those goals, they do breed confidence. And previously, if we were under Curl going to Charlton, I would be fairly fearful for that game but we just got a bit of you know just a little bit of a spring in our step they could c- clearly could knock us down you know to the floor again but uh, under John Brady I think that we're going to go up, go out there and um, go toe to toe them with them which is all that's important really. Um, Ian we talked a little bit about the possession and maybe a little bit about just trying to look after the ball a little bit and in those quiet moments when Awesome. before getting back into the game, just keep the ball, just start ball. Um, Ian, do you reckon someone like Scott Pollock coming back could add a little bit of quality to Northampton on the ball, someone like that?
5: You're probably right. Um, I was, I was screaming for them to give Ricky Holmes another contract, but I'm not sure where he'd fit in because you've got um, Watson doing that job. Um Scott yep. Pollock could be come on and probably hold the ball if they're at field to create more. Um, yep. But, I don't really want to upset the, um, the apple cart at the minute because mm. this set of lads at the moment is really, um, really flying. Although I'm still, still a very negative person. I'm still worried about Tuesday. I worried about yesterday. I worried about Plymouth. But I'm I'm sure we'll go is on with another one. the
1: nature being a cobbler, I think,
5: Ian? That's absolutely <laughs> <His experience>. right. <laughs> yes. I, do, I do think by the end of the season that John Brady will probably be a guest on Piers Morgan's Life Stories because he's an absolute hero. <laughs>
3: Yeah, 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 yeah that, that would be funny. And um, yeah, like I said earlier, that he's given us something all to buy into and we're approaching games with less fear. We're, obviously, everyone enjoyed that four-and-win against Portsmouth, absolutely brilliant. And we're just enjoying games a little bit more. So it's a big um, turn up for the books, really. And it's just sort of scary to think about these sliding doors moments in football, that if Keith Carl had got another couple of wins or maybe he'd brought a player in that had scored a couple of goals... John Brady might have been still with the under-18s. Maybe he never got that chance. It's just these small margins in football. Mm. Just really pleased that John, for however long it lasts, has got that chance to show that he um, he is a very capable coach and manager. So, long may that continue. Let's wrap up now, but we're going to go for a man of the match. <laughs> the uh, one we did on NQNTFC FC was an absolute runaway. Uh, there were some good performances, so you might all not go for Ryan Watson, but James, Hughes first. Um, obviously, Ryan Watson is a big contender with those those goals.
4: Um, uh, yes, and his all-round performance as, as well. I think yeah. you have to give massive shouts out to, as mentioned, the two centre-backs. Um, I thought Hoskins had a really good game. I think Sam comes in for some unfair criticism at times. I really do. Um, you know, the, the very kind of basic thing that you want from every player is 100% effort and you... You get that from Sam every game, and he's been here long enough now. We know what he's good at, and we know what you know. he's he's not as good at, to be frank. So let's stop just dwelling on the stuff that he's not good at and focus on what he does do well. And he offers us pace to get up the pitch quickly, and uh, you know the end product varies, but he, he is a threat. And it's no coincidence that he has consistently played under every manager that has been here. Um, so I, I think he gets a lot of unfair... Black, if I'm honest so I thought he deserved that goal yesterday whether it was his goal or not we've all discussed but it was it was a really good effort um who else uh, Mikel Miller I think you know we've probably gone a little bit under the radar yesterday mm. um putting in good consistent deliveries from set pieces yeah. um there was just a lot of players you could pick from from yesterday mm. I will go for Watson just purely because he's he's on fire at the moment and he is our goal threat and we need goals at the moment. But you could have, I think, genuinely given it to seven or eight players yesterday. And that's that's the situation you want to be in when we're discussing this. In previous games, it's been very clear. It's been Watson or McWilliams. For us to be having the choice of players now is the most promising sign yet, I think.
3: Yeah. With Hoskins, Cobblers fans always need a scapegoat. Give us our scapegoats, James. Allow us our scapegoats. We need them. It's part of <laughs> the plan. So we need someone. And because a lot of the weaker players have sort of been... Phased out. Uh, poor old Sam, who's always a seven out of ten, will get it for, for a while. But uh, n- no one has any malice towards Sam at all. He just gets a little
4: bit, of, you know, mm. bit here and there. But he didn't seem to bother. He just with his nineteen uh, fifties. Well, if, if he was stuff, if he was fussed about it, he'd have left about four years ago, wouldn't he? So. Yeah. Exactly,
3: he's a Mr. He's a Mr. Seven out of ten. Sometimes produce something out of a bag, and he's he's always up there in the stats for stuff, which you know assists and stuff like that. So he's, yeah, Sam. Sam is what Sam is, I guess, and a good player on his day. Um, Martin. Are you concurring with James? Oh, you know about Watson, or are you? There was there was some good performances overall, weren't there? Yeah.
1: I, I I think really the conversation sort of you know while Watson's about the match, who else would have would have been in the conversation had he not been so brilliant? I think uh, James, you know, without just going over the same points, James James made some some great points. You know, there's no one's had a bad game out there. I think Brady said something like if every if everyone has no has a decent game and there's no weak links, you, you know we're a decent side. Yeah and. That's it. That seems to be the size. I guess the only person who's probably not in the conversation for man of the match is, um, is the keeper. And through no fault of his own, he didn't have many difficult things to do. And that is testament to everything that was in front of him. I think one of the other things with Hoskins, why, why he's here as well, Hoskins went to left back, didn't he? And I think the fact he can play every position is super useful when you're you have limited resources.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, I think we also, just a little bit of a mention for Michael Harriman, who yeah, has been a squad player, but a very reliable one. And he performed well after coming on. Mm. I, you know, I, I suggested uh, Ryan Watson up front. So if you're listening, John Brady, I reckon Harriman right back and push Kyoso on and then maybe have someone like Milio on the other side. That would be like a really attacking thing but mm. the problem with Harriman he's he's a bit of a bit of a squad player and he's got that sort of feel about him but he is you know pretty useful when he comes on so fair play to him. Um Steve for you man of the match
2: Yeah I'm gonna have to agree with the, the other two boys there. Um, you get two goals and they get man of the match it's very rare someone else does. Um, however I will also mention Edmondson just for his work rate right, was was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Um it really was, uh, but yeah,
3: no, it's got it's got to be Ryan Watson. Yeah, I think with Edmondson, do you remember when Steve Howard? I'm not saying they're the same, exactly the same sort of player, and yeah. you know, similar going to sort of career that Steve Howard had. But Steve Howard did a lot of great work for Northampton. Mm. Um, that probably went unrecognized a little bit in terms of the goal-scoring record. But I, I reckon, just looking at Edmondson, there's a. Player in there somewhere as a target man or whatever, and he's just he's just young and he's learning his game, so he yeah. definitely wants to keep an eye on whether we get to keep an eye on this. Northampton
2: fans is another matter. Leads away. Well, what what he got to remember with Edmiston? He's nineteen, isn't he? What is he nineteen 19, 20 tops? Okay. So yeah, there's there's time to, to, to build there. Yeah, you know you you got him under Leeds. I think he'll probably go. He could whether he will pay for Leeds in the Premiership, I doubt, but he could well go on and certainly be a championship player. The goals will have to come, but I'm sure they might well do.
3: Yeah, yeah. Definitely something about him. And mm. I know Simon Tracy, the cobbler's scout, has got a bit of stick, especially this season. But he, he has found a couple of decent players. And, um, you know, Keith, that was Keith Carl signing. So to be fair to him, um, yeah, no, the credit goes to him for that one. Um, Ian Watson, obviously a standout, which is just for that free kick alone, which was a Premier League quality free kick. Did he get
5: your man on the match? Actually, um, I'm going against the flow. I'm going for Edmondson. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's been ever so unlucky. Too many of our fans have compared him to Callum Morton, which is yeah. Morton came in at a good time, scored a lot of goals, but th- this this bloke's work rate is fantastic, and yeah. you can see. I think you can see a lot of Mark Richards working off him Then with his with closing down. It reminded yeah. me a lot of Mark Richards, and yeah. and he struggled to score to start with. Mm. I think he, until he got that four at Macclesford, he wasn't really prolific. And I think this is going to be the same. I think I'll leave Ryan Watson to uh, Football League Player of the Month, Goal of the Month. And uh, John Brady, kind of Manager of the Month, close the book now. <laughs> yeah,
3: that makes a lot of sense. And it's nice sometimes to give some plaudits to a guy who might get that goal from yesterday from Hoskins or might not, but he's working his ass off. And really, just needs that. If he gets one or two goals, you know, he could be flying. So, I think that's a good point about working with Mark Richards as well. Because I've been saying for a long time that we've been a bit of a graveyard for forwards. Let's face it. And that there's been some forwards that have done a lot better at other clubs after leaving us, and vice versa. And I think it'd be really good if you can get these sort of players working with Rico day in, day out, just specifically on the art of scoring and you know, the forward play, like Ian said, in terms of closing down and stuff. And hopefully that is going on off the pitch. So that's a really good shout about Edmondson. I'm just going to have to go with Watson. (laughs) You can't score the rate he's scoring and just showing so much technique. He's just, he's on fire. He's got so much confidence and that's testament to John Brady again. Uh, You know, I talked about his contract situation. So I really hope that Bloody Barry Fry's not looking at this guy because he's a sure <laughs> player, as Posh do, take players off us for peanuts at the, at the end of their contract. I just dig. Hands off anyone from Peterborough on Ryan Watson. Hopefully we <laughs> tie him down to a new contract. But um, we're going to shoot off now. Been a, a really good chat as usual and um, just go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday with that spring in their step about uh, that brilliant win. Um, Cheers to uh, Andy for joining us from Portsmouth. Hopefully, you know, things get better for them and they can take a few points off of teams we're going to play against in, in our relegation battle. But um, cheers, lads, and we'll speak again next week. Take it easy. Cheers, cheers all. Have a like good you. weekend, all. Okay. Bye. Take it easy.
2: Bye-bye.
4: ta Hold up. What was that?